Yeah, here it is. Your post-E3 episode of The Party Bus is on fire. Ah. I'm Jeff. Ben is here as well. Hi. I. If the party bus is on fire, then what are we supposed to do? Get off. What? I feel like you'd be out of the party bus f- fire and into the party bus frying pan at that point, because what are you going to do? You're going to take the party out into the street? Yeah, street, not- street party. You want to go from a fire to a frying pan. You don't want to go from a frying pan to a fire. I don't want to go anywhere around fire. If you're on fire, if you're in fire and the options are stay in the fire, get into a frying pan, I would probably go to the frying pan and look for my next move. Yeah, but then your butt's going to get burnt. Not if I'm sitting, not sitting down. Your feet are going to get burnt. Well, what if I'm wearing shoes? I got a little bit of time. Your shoes are going to get burnt, Jeff. Yeah, but this if I'm... This one goes all the way to the top. It starts at the bottom. And now we're here, now we're here to talk about E3. Oh, God. And so on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it, was a, it was a good show. I felt pretty good about it coming out of it. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, the... It was a really good group of guests uh, this year. I, it is every year, but I, like, I, I feel like... Uh, Alex really has it down to a science in a lot of ways in terms of just like who to put with who. I think he's got a sixth sense about that stuff. I think he did really well uh, this year at getting that stuff done. Uh, I know a, a couple other folks pitched in on on some stuff here and there. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alex did the the lion's share of the the guest booking for the show. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Numbers seem like they were good on that front, so that's cool. We were out there on more platforms, I think, than we normally are, and people seem to watch all that shit. People seem to like it. I had a good time. I made it out. The drive back was uh, really intense for me. I was worried there for a little while that I wasn't going to be able to make it. Because <laughs> uh, like the night before, I was up till, I don't know, three or something, just like eating something for starters i went and got some french toast which was not a good idea that's not a good like 2 a.m food nope um but the menu at the cafe at that hotel is terrible it's terrible every year i could have got like fried chicken and a waffle Um, or you could have been like me and gotten a subway sandwich that would have been way better i'll tell you what way better it was one of the worst subway subs i've had in my life but it's not it's still like you know it's it's still all right no, I was hanging out. Some of the people who were who were sticking around afterwards went down to the cafe. So I was hanging out and talking to Lang and Kelly Wallach and Robin, some of the other people that had stuck around. Johnny was there uh, for a little for a little bit, and uh, I ended up at the game spot after party. And then I I realized that my flight boarded at seven ten a.m. Mm, that's early um, yeah and it was already like three yeah so i was like okay you know i helped i uh, helped pack up some of the production stuff yeah. and did all the easy stuff basically that they, they knew i couldn't fuck up like, yeah no that stuff has to go in particular ways that like i i'm always like i try to help and they're like, they're like i think vinny's just like get the fuck out of here <laughs> like, okay okay um and then yeah got went over there for last call Got a last call. I ended up going to Subway with a couple of them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Their card machine was down, so I had to pay in cash. Uh-huh. 
which seems sketchy. Uh, the worst subway sub of my life. Catch it, cash is usually the reverse of sketchy. It's harder. It's harder for you to get hacked if you were just paying them in cash. That's true, but also I felt like I was getting scammed somehow. Yeah, I don't probably. know. I don't probably. know how. Um, and at that point, I was like, "Oh, it's time to leave and go get in the cab and and get on an airport." So I just didn't sleep until I got on the plane, uh, which. I flew Delta for the first time, and mm-hmm. apparently they have less leg room than the norm. And I literally didn't. It was my first time, literally not fitting in my seat. Wow! Yeah. Uh, and so I had to like the dude next to me was very nice about letting me use some of his leg room and the aisle leg room. Yeah, that's. But it was he spilled coffee on me twice. That's what you get. Yeah, that's a little pick me up, like a little how do you do? Oh, all right. I'm never flying standard again. I, I mean, the hour ones aren't that bad. Like yeah. here to here to Seattle or here to to right L A. But from now on, you want to go in the car? I got this car. Uh, cars, <laughs> cars. Hey, cars don't have that much more room. Yeah, no. I, I yes, <laughs> uh, that is true. That is definitely true. Um, yeah, man. I woke up, so I I, I was worried, like going to sleep the, that last night of the show. Uh, cause I was like, I have to wake up and drive home. I am impossibly tired and no one is with me. Uh, over the last couple of years, there've been people coming, taking the, the drive back up with me. And it's like, Oh, whatever. We're, we're talking all the time. It's fine. Uh, I can stay awake that way, but it was just like me and the road and some podcasts. And the first couple hours of that drive were fucking bad. I didn't get out till maybe like 10 or so. I woke up and packed, uh, and hit the road. So I probably got on the road like a 10 or 11 or something like that. Even what podcast you listen to. I have been listening to this wrestling podcast, uh, called something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Okay. Uh, and it's Bruce Pritchard was, a he played brother love in the WWF WWE back in the day. I don't know if that does anything for you. No, he was like a manager type. He didn't wrestle per se. He was like, did he hang out with mankind? He was, probably there for some of mankind stuff but more importantly than that he was like behind the scenes there writing shows and coming up with characters for over 20 years and uh you know the that company doesn't do a lot of true behind the scenes stuff uh, it's doing more and more these days but they they rarely get into it uh in a in a real way and so uh, he's got a host, uh, Conrad Thompson is the guy, the host, the the co-host name. And so he's a, a fan of wrestling and he's kind of just, they, they, they go on a topic, whether it's like an individual wrestler or an individual event or something like that. And then just like, we're going to talk for five fucking hours oh, about wow. the career of Mr. Perfect. And you're like, yes, absolutely. Let's fucking go. And so watching, hearing them walk through that stuff and the behind the scenes thinking about what they were thinking as they were writing stuff. And like wrestling fans are angry all the time, yeah. uh, you know, about the same way comic book fans are, you know, no one's ever happy. Everyone's like, ah, they should have done this instead. Wrestling fans are no different than any other popular media. Video games. Yeah, video games, all that other stuff. So hearing the, hearing him walk through the what what sounds like the honest and true creative process for this stuff is fucking fascinating. Um, and And realizing that the people who are fans of wrestling care about the minutia in a way that the people writing the show do not is a real eye opener. And I think it's actually made me 
able to enjoy wrestling a little bit more. It's enabled me to let go of stuff because they're like, oh, this guy was undefeated for all this time. Why'd they have him lose here? And the response is like, oh, fuck, really? Like, oh, we didn't, yeah, that's not something we even care about. Yeah, like, like, what are you oh, talking about? about this other thing? Yeah, mostly. like they're, they're totally focused on other stuff. And, and that's been just super fascinating to listen to. So I, I listened to that most of the way back. Huh. Uh, which ended up being like, you know, two episodes of it or something on a drive from, from LA to San Francisco. Um, yeah, I've been like obsessively listening to their back catalog lately. Cause you know, it's like, since everyone is about an old topic, that's cool. To like me. the that's old episodes I, I are real valuable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. And then they ended up getting on the WWE. Like it's as a result, they have now started appearing on the WWE network. They were this total outside thing and now they're doing a side show for them about stuff it's it's really fascinating it's really really fascinating um so yeah i uh i listened to that it's actually the first time i've really listened to a lot of a podcast in a long time i kind of stopped uh listening to podcasts so much because uh i find that when i listen to a lot of a thing or watch a lot of a thing and get really into a thing I start talking like the thing. Oh, yeah. And I don't want our podcast to sound like some other podcast or start like, you know, taking jokes from some other podcast and stuff. Yeah. So it, like that's... A, I wrestle with that too because I yeah. feel like even, you know, like weird specific examples I have of like, oh, this griffin mcelroy joke is very much like a uh yeah dude thing that like and that crossover uh, sticks out to me and probably like 12 other people yeah but beyond that it just sounds like he's making the joke yeah so it's hard to like wrestle with that stuff uh speaking of i had to look this up because i forgot the name of it but you mentioning <clears throat> that podcast being on, on the wwe thing Reminded me of, have you ever listened to the Rosenthal and Jesselnik Variety Project or know what that is? No. So Anthony Jesselnik, yeah. comedian, uh, and, and uh, I forget Rosenthal's first name, but he's an, an, like an NFL guy, uh, mm. not a player, but like an analyst or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Had a podcast that was on the official NFL network that lasted 16 episodes before they got kicked the fuck off. Uh, because Anthony Jeselnik is a very funny yeah, comedian yeah, who yeah. maybe corporations would not like re- officially representing their sure. product. Sure. Um, yes. If, if you're out there looking for something fun, that that is uh, something y'all should check out. Yeah. So they, yeah, they started doing this sideshow, and it's like it's different episodes that they're doing custom for WWE, and it's yeah. like a video thing, sort of, but it's like a Skype conversation. So it's probably a, with a, clips. L- a little more watered down. Yeah, so like they had an episode get delayed because, and and they were out front about it, saying like, yeah, we are working through some creative differences on this particular topic, uh, and we don't want to put out a shit show. <laughs> yeah, and so we're we're struggling through it, and so the episode got delayed a couple of days while the edits got, you know, while they went back and forth about what to cut or what not to cut or wh- whatever it was. I, I don't actually know what the specific details were, but I mean, yeah, it's it's obviously a very different thing when you're like this totally rogue outside entity. <laughs> And now suddenly you're doing a version of your show for the thing you're talking about. Yeah. But still, it, it's it's actually fascinating how much like that they've gotten this far with it to be this official thing or or, or to be a, a part of the official thing uh, is fascinating. And it's interesting that they're willing to allow them on to kind of tell some of these stories because, you know, they're, they're not all they don't all paint the company in a good light. And it's still a big public company and all that sort of stuff. So. 
I would not be surprised if that whole deal blew up in their faces someday and they were back on their own. Uh, but either way, uh, I, even the shows they're doing for them are still are still fascinating uh, to listen to. Uh, let's get into some questions here. E three just happened. Uh, Smodes asks, "Why did Rockstar not show at E three? Was really looking forward to re- seeing Red Dead. Uh, Rockstar doesn't need to go to E three, so they don't. Uh, they haven't gone in years. I was talking to Alex about this when we were driving down. I'm trying to think the last. I think the last time I remember Rockstar being at E three was they had a booth space that they had just put up a chain link fence around, and then they had a couple of buses parked there." And like nice buses, like touring company buses and stuff. And they were showing the Warriors. And I remember just getting on the bus and talking to Dude I Know Rockstar about how cool the Warriors is as a film. And then going like, all right, cool, I'll see you around. I think they might have had the game there. I don't remember. <laughs> um But you know, Rockstar shows games on its own timetable. They don't need to go to E three, so they don't. The same reason Blizzard doesn't go to E three. Except in Blizzard's case, they have BlizzCon to make their own announcements at. Like, you can announce a GTA game at any time. You can show Red Dead stuff at any time. The same number of people will see it. They don't need to do that. If anything, one of the reasons why February is going to be so packed next year is because people don't want to ship in the same lane as Red Dead. Like, Red Dead is causing other developers to move their games. I mean, that that's how big of a deal the, the industry is treating that game. So they just, they don't need to. So they don't. Uh, Don Cabeza says the new Xbox avatars were released to the alpha ring of insiders today. So, Oh, huh. Interesting. Uh, we got a call here on the line. If you, if you'd like to take that, we didn't work out our, yeah, sure. Yeah. Our let's, let's signal. Uh, yeah. For, the, there's we a caller on the, the line. We're, so I got we're both just awkwardly slipping a little bit. Hello caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's you. You're the caller. Oh, uh, I see your ring lighting uh-oh. up, but I don't hear you. All right. Well, I'm going to take Let's one more question yeah. here. We'll call you back. Um, Gnome on Fire says, the PC show wasn't a complete mess this year, but they still showed games that were sponsored. Does that aspect make you reluctant to cover the show? No. What makes me not cover the show is that another publication is running it. It's not like Sony. You know, there's, there's no sony equivalent you know like like there's another publication another like set of journalists is is like putting on that show it's like what it's pc gamer does it pc gamer the the magazine and all this stuff so just like we're not going to go cover ign's stage show or whatever we're not going to do that and we don't do devolver because they're just telling jokes the whole time and it's hard to talk over like hey let's write jokes or let's let's spit jokes over the top of their jokes like that's not a show that's that's not that would not be a good thing for us backyard fireworks show that would not be interesting help help Uh, why fuck yep go on uh fuck internet explorer okay okay audio is working on our it's about time someone said it uh should I take some more stuff from here? Yeah, I'll take one more. Okay. Um, Swift Area says, how much are you looking forward to WarioWare next month? Uh, yeah, I would very much like to play a new... Well, I guess I, I would... Yes, I will happily play more WarioWare. I have been playing some WarioWare relatively recently. So I hope it's got like a new framework and, and, and more new stuff to it. Uh. Yeah. All right. Caller. Shot number two. All right. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, dude, 
sorry, your your ring's lighting up, but there's no one home. All right. The ring is lit. The ring lit up. We heard that thing about backyard fireworks. You know, Discord's acting weird today. I saw people in chat saying they couldn't put requests through. We've received one message, so uh, I don't know if uh, there's something going on with Discord. They have occasionally had some server issues and such, so I, I, that's certainly possible. Times Hero says, what hypothetical, fu- hypothetical future E3 announcement would it take to make you feel the way the audience at the Nintendo conference did in 2004 when they showed the Blades Will Bleed Zelda trailer. What is that? It was, like, it was like the big reveal of like, oh, there's a mature Zelda game. Blades Will Skyward Bleed. Skyward Sword? It ended or Twilight up, Princess? Yeah, I think it ended up being Twilight Princess. I think. That's the mature Zelda game? Well, no. But when they showed Blades Will Bleed, people were like, oh, finally, it's a grown-up Zelda for grown-ups. Um, God, I forgot about that whole we want a mature Zelda thing. Yeah, it's it's a sad, it's a dumb thing. Uh, but what hypothetical future E3 announcement would it take to make you feel the way that audience felt? I don't think that's a thing. That's not, like, I have a totally different approach to video games and the video game business. You know, it's like, like, I'm not there to jump out of my seat and flip flip out and, and clap at stuff. It's just not why we go to these these things, you know? Like, I'm excited about video games, but I don't need to, like, fucking lose it to express that. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think there would be anything quite like that. Uh, cause that reaction was so outsized to, to the point where it was just like, what? Ugh, ugh. Like that. And like the people like crying at kingdom hearts being revealed and stuff. It was just like, okay, yeah, that's, that's cool that you have that for you. But everything about that makes me feel really strange. Dota three. Yeah. Dota three. It's a, one-on-one fighting game <laughs> and at the end you do a finishing move but it's you just punching the ancient that is no longer being defended that sounds like a euphemism it is uh davo 42 says any chance you might get someone from sony or nintendo on one of the night shows would be cool to hear someone from other platforms about the industry we ask uh we actually i mean this was the first year we had anyone from nintendo on in a long time uh, we have asked for a, lo- a really long time about them, uh, and finally got someone on this year. Um, but yeah, you know, we, I would, I would love to be able to talk to someone at Sony about kind of their vision for video games in a more general sense, uh, the same way we do with Microsoft, but yeah, um, like we have Sony people on, but we don't really get to talk about like high level. Yeah. They're, they're not people in those sorts of positions yeah. and Kirk, you know, is running a lot of indie stuff, but he can't necessarily speak to just like, well, out at NCL we're doing, you know, he, he can't really speak to yeah. the platform level, uh, strategy stuff either. So that, that's just not the conversation to have. I think a big part um, of that help, that helps is Microsoft is an American company and working with Japanese companies might, I've heard have a heart, like you have to jump through more hoops. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, but we put in the request, uh, we we put in the request multiple times uh and and yeah maybe one day uh something like that'll happen i would love to um but yeah um how are you doing back there you want to give another call a shot or you're not no that thing that thing's just hosed yeah all right uh this might be a good opportunity to talk about real ass phone calls right yeah um we set up a a voice line uh, a few weeks ago and uh 
I'm I'm trying to reopen it here. Uh, so basically, yeah, we set up a, a Google Voice account. I'll give out the number here in just a second. I have not had the time to go through and and sele- select these audio files. And these are for anyone. Anyone call in. Uh, yeah. Leave a message, and it comes through on my my Google Voice account. And the fun thing about Google Voice is it will automatically do a voice to text translation, which is always one hundred percent accurate. Always one hundred percent accurate. Um, and you know we're going to take some of these voicemails verbatim, play them, and, and respond to them. But once in a while, you get something like this. And uh, well, Jeff, I have a question here. Okay, let's hear it. Hey, what, Kev- what, tell me what area code is this from? This is a four seven nine area I'm gonna code. look that up. Uh, that's uh, Arkansas. Okay. All right. Arkansas. The Fort Smith, Greater Fort Smith, Fayetteville. Fi- uh-huh. Hey, Kevin Daniel. It's me. Again. The Call of Duty question number. I'm is Josh, and I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that in there if you needed to pay them from by. So, Jeff, how do you respond? Uh, well, we don't need to pay them from by. Uh, it's uh, it's a service that's just provided to us uh, for for zero money, and uh, it's been it's been working out pretty well for us. Uh, as for Call of Duty this year, you know, I'm uh, tentatively interested in seeing more for sure. The lack of a campaign is, uh, you know. Uh, an interesting move. Uh, I'm not really into their zombies modes. You know, it's pretty well documented at this point, but uh, you know, it, it seems okay. So yeah, that's probably what I would say about that. All right, great. If you have a question and you want to get it answered on the show, you can call 707-394-8358. That's 707-EXIT-FLU. All right, great. Uh, Demu asks, hey, that Lumines remaster is out next week. Fuck yeah, Lumines. That's not really a question. But fuck yeah, yeah Lumines. Fuck yeah, Lumines. Yeah, that, that is a game that I will probably buy on the Switch. Like, I know I normally am like whatever the, those games are on other platforms. Actually, you know what? I'll probably end up getting that game on multiple platforms. That's usually how that works out. Um, I was really excited with the Tetris effect <coughs> at the show. Uh, the Tetris effect was a good-ass Tetris game the in the zone mechanic is fun and it looks good it behaves like lumines does you know when you move the pieces it makes different noises that are tuned to the music that's playing that are matched to the skin that you're seeing like like it is is very much lumines but tetris uh and that's fucking cool uh death metal dan says what do you think about that uh sekiro game from from uh Death Metal Dan thought it looked great, and he doesn't even really like From Software games. I think it could be cool. I, I yeah. like that From is is seemingly branching out a little bit. I've heard it does not play like a Souls. I, yeah, like you can jump. You can. It, it is. It's a Tenchu game. Yeah. I don't know that it's actually set in the same universe, but I know that there were some people caught off guard by the name of that thing not being that. Um, so I don't know what that means for what that game actually is. If there's any actual, you know, if that thing comes out, is it going to have like direct ties to the Tenchu universe or something like that? Oh, yeah, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that game looks cool. I always thought the Tenchu games looked interesting and this looks like a merging of some of those Tenchu ideas 
but like some of the other ideas that from has picked up along the way uh doing stuff like the souls games and bloodborne and, and so on and so forth so uh, yeah i think that's pretty cool uh Pancharo Surprise One says, "Are you guys going to check Wreckfest? It's finally out of early access." Yes, I, I did download Wreckfest last night. Uh, did not run it, but I'm curious to see what that is as a final product. I feel like the closer it got to be, like the last time I checked in on early access, I feel like the last couple of times maybe, the more it started to resemble a real video game, the less I liked it. Like it was cool as a sandbox and a weird thing, but then as it started to take shape, it was like, mm-hmm. Stargasm wants to know, uh, who do you think should be in Smash? Minecraft Steve. Yeah, I think that's that that dumb rumor that I saw online, I think is still cool. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to underscore this whole, hey, companies working together thing as a way to oh, kind of twist man. that knife just a little bit put fucking minecraft steve into smash <sighs> did they put a fortnite guy in smash who's a fortnite guy i don't know that blonde guy hernandez i don't know there's there are in the the other side of it there are named characters yeah these are all just skins yeah M- mike mike fortnite there's the one that looks like john wick that's cool john, what, okay why don't they just put john wick put john in wick and smash yeah he was in payday his final smash is you Payback, kill his dog. Yeah. Oh, the Nintendogs. John Wick <laughs> only can play on the Nintendog stage. Yeah. And if you get too rude with the background, he powers up. If you talk too many times. Yeah. Uh, Brinty writes in. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it says PlayStation Now is apparently going to be adding the ability to download games to play locally. Do you think that's a sign that the tech for the streaming isn't quite there yet or just or more just that people aren't ready? I think it's both. I think it's a that I, I would look at that as a response to what Microsoft is doing and testing out. You know, they probably want to get some data, too, on that stuff. Like, hey, what if we just let people download PS4 games and play them? How many people would do it if streaming is still an option? Would they choose that instead? Um yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably a good move because I, I, you know, personally, I don't think the tech is quite there yet for for some types of games. Why two K bug seventy seven says, were there any games you've heard musings about that you were surprised weren't at E three this year? I think that the real surprises of E three this year were games that were not there. The Avengers game uh, that Square is working on. Uh, whatever Rocksteady is working on uh, at over at Warner, uh, the new Mortal Kombat. Assuming that's what they're working on, it's probably what it's probably what they're working on. Um, you know, and and then the announced stuff, Metroid. Um, I would have liked to have seen Wild at some point, though. Sure. I'm not. I guess I'm not surprised that it's not there. What about uh, Below? Is that the one? Below was there. Oh, was it? Yeah, Below's there. Below's apparently almost done. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we had Nathan Vell on the show, and I talked to him about it a little more about a month ago, and they've been fucking working a lot on Below. Yeah, so, sure. And, and, but yeah, it was there at the, the showcase event. They, okay. had, they had it over there. So I saw someone play Below. Uh, Wheelhouse says... I want to buy a tracksuit. Should I go to Adidas or what? 
I mean, I, I don't want to like sit here and like recommend brands. Uh, I think you got to do you when it comes to finding clothes that you like. Uh, I think Adidas makes some good tracksuits uh, that match well. Um, yeah, I think you got to you know figure out the size you want. Like the thing you don't want to do. Well, it depends on your body type, I suppose. But the thing you don't want to do is buy an all-in-one tracksuit that is all one size. Um, in my case, I wear a different size. You know, I'm like small, medium, large, or whatever. Right. And I wear a uh, a smaller size pant than I do top in tracksuits. So you gotta you gotta be able to size them separately. I imagine that I'd be the same way. Yeah. Do you think they make tracksuits big enough for me? Definitely. Because I mean, it's basketball players wear tracksuits, so I feel like those are custom, though. I bet you know, because no, because there, there's going to be college basketball players that don't that aren't in a realm of getting custom tracksuits, but still need a fucking tracksuit. I bet you could find one. I spent an hour and a half during the three trying to find long, long sleeve black shirts that didn't cost $85. Yeah. It was literally impossible. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's start. Let's try our hand at another caller. Yeah. Here. Let's see. Um, I'm just going to ring them directly and say, what's up? It's you. Ah, same thing happening. I don't know. Jan, Jan ran down here to uh, fix some technical issues. Let me. Oh, yeah, that looks right. You got those unmuted on the second bus, yeah. and yeah, turned up and yeah. I mean, we heard the internet. You heard we heard the web browser we playing heard that audio. Ritz so cracker ad. Yeah, sweet. What about this one? Is this a keep talking? Okay, check, 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 check. Hello. I don't know. Maybe our wires got crossed somehow during the the E3 setup here. I'm doubting it because we heard that ad. Well, so, th- this we weren't getting any audio from this computer originally. Oh, okay. So still, I'm gonna I'm gonna pin that on maybe a, a Discord server issue. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? Um, let's see. Mm, is deep down still a thing? No way. It can't be. Sugar Shanzi asks that. Yeah, that that there's there's. That that can't be, <laughs> not after this many years. Um, Super String says, "Would Mortal Kombat going back back to capturing footage of live action people be sick or not?" I would love it. Yeah, they were working on that. Oh, for like it was like a remake of uh of those games, huh? And they were doing they were reshooting it. They had like <laughs> Kung Lao's son playing Kung Lao. Like they were they got new actors and got him on a green screen and started shooting frames for it and, and trying to basically do an HD version of those old Mortal Kombat games, uh, which sounded like a cool idea. Depending on who you ask, it sounds like it was not coming together super well or that maybe it was coming together just fine. I don't know. I've heard all sorts of things about that thing uh, and saw some screenshots of it a couple of times. Um, it always sounded really cool. I missed I missed the E3 segment with uh, Ed Boon. Did you ask him about what it was like to make War Gods? <laughs> no, you know, I didn't <laughs> ask him uh, about what it was like to make War Gods, a game he did not make. <laughs> oh, damn. Next E3. Yeah, next E3, we'll be sure to get that in there. Uh, 
No, that was interesting, you know, because you know he's there with no game to talk about because yeah. they have not they have not announced anything yet. Uh, which, yeah, I think that that's one of the weirder things, or, or among the weird things of E three and and the way the way announcing games is changing and all that sort of stuff is, uh, you know, they had always announced a game right about here uh, for shipping next April. My guess is that they will still actually ship a game in that time frame, and it's more about you know, the marketing or what they have to show or, or something, something along those lines. But, but yeah. Um, let's see here. Let me take one or two more questions out of here and then send it on home. Uh, the original hush says, unless I missed it, call of duty didn't show up in any press conferences. What'd you think of that? seems weird since I always feel like it's been a staple of E3. Yeah, I mean, that would have been at Sony because they're doing the ongoing marketing deal. Um, But all that stuff got announced. Like, they had their own event. So, you know, unless they were going to come... You know, if you're Sony, you know, time at your press conference is always at a premium. Uh, And so sometimes games get slots on press conferences because they've got a huge new showing and it's an exciting announcement. Sometimes it's for, like, the political reasons of, like, hey these are good partners. We want to make sure that they get a good showing for their game uh, because that helps us continue to do business in the future. And, and uh, I suspect that the call of duty games have been on both sides of, of those things over the years. Um, <clears throat> but if they're not going to produce anything new to show, uh, cause they, you know, think about it. They had their big announcement event where they unveiled the game, talked about what it is, let people play it. Uh, and talked about zombies. They mentioned the battle royale stuff. So it was like, it was kind of their, it was a big chunk of information about the game. And then not long after that, but still before E3, they said, Hey, we're also doing, uh, maps. We're going to bring back some maps from older black ops games and put them into this game. If you pre-order or buy season, you know, whatever it is, I forget what it is. Um, and so then it's like, are you going to produce a third new thing? to show at E3 that is going to be big enough to play in that press conference? Like, probably not. So I suspect it was like they just got out in front of it and did their thing, uh, whether that was based on Sony saying, hey, we're doing a different show this year or or not. I don't actually know. Um, but, yeah, I just think, you know, the only thing that, you know, if they had been like, hey, here's like a, a eight-minute trailer about the Battle Royale mode or something like that, maybe that would have been enough like a big deep dive into that stuff. Maybe that would be a big enough deal, but you know, they don't have a campaign. You know, they showed what it is. Like it's, it's pretty straightforward stuff. So, uh, I think that's, that's probably why you don't show something like that there. <coughs> what do you think about your second E3? Uh, it was, it was definitely one of the, it was definitely stranger than the first. I feel like the first time I was so disoriented by still being new to the job. And like, that was the first place I met abby and dan and and all them out from east uh i I worked with Vinny a little bit uh and i was still like so overwhelmed and you know outside of doing my first e3 i felt like i really didn't do a ton and the night shows i felt like i was more like there for to run support like i was i took only a couple appointments it was Mm -hmm. more of like get the feel for this sort of industry event right whereas this time it was more like okay i have a full slate of appointments you know i'm doing i'm doing my first e3 but i'm also you know like 
like like running running that Kessler thing at, at the last minute was right. was like really cool. So what was that like? Because I heard it from two different places. You came to me and said, "Would it be cool if Kessler came out? Do you think that would be funny?" Yeah, and that was like pretty early in the day. Right, that was, it was right after day two of night shows ended. Okay, right. You were talking to Jan and Michael Hyam. Yeah. Uh, that's right. And you came up and said, you, and, and I said, yes, that'd probably be pretty funny. Me and Pasquale had been like goofing and like, what if like we did this whole wrestling thing with yeah. Kessler? Uh, so there was that. And then I got a text from Adam like midday the following day yeah. saying, hey, do you, what do you think if Kessler came on? So once and I was like, and I, and I was just like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I didn't know if you if you had been talking to him or through Kessler or anything like that. I wasn't sure if that was connected up at all. Yeah. It, and I didn't want to like say one way. So I was just like, yeah, of course, of course. Just definitely. let this insanity yeah, run its course. Exactly. And, I want to hear dueling ideas for what Kessler should be doing. Um, uh, yeah. Like it, it basically Matt and I were like, it'd be funny if we got Kessler to do this whole thing. And then I wanted to run it by you first before I ran it by Kessler. And then so after I talked to you, I texted Kessler because he was already like, oh, I kind of like, I'm going to come by for night three and yeah. maybe I'll be on a segment or something. And I said, that'd be great. Yeah. We had been talking about having him on the segment that Drake was on yeah. uh, and Kelly Wallach and them and, and, Gio, and Gio was going to be on it, but it didn't, didn't make it. Uh, yeah. So we'd been talking about having him on that. So that was the original plan. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what if instead and i didn't give him any specifics i was like i was just like you should come and do like get revenge on like was just like the idea right and i think at that point he was looking to adam to brainstorm off ideas um, okay yeah and then that kind of spiraled into its own thing and then i took it upon myself to like you know run it by production like figure out the logistics at one point uh, to avoid being spotted, Kessler was laying down in between the beds of the of the of the other room of the other room where yeah. we had the bathroom rented out. And I walked in there, and there was like a little line for the bathroom, and it was like some of the friends of of like the crew that came with with Johnny and, and Adam, uh, who I didn't really know. And I was like chatting with them. And yeah. I like walk around the corner and I just see this lump on the ground. Ah. <laughs> and so I didn't want to blow up a spot or anything, but I went back and I was talking to them. And then finally when the room was clear, I was like, okay, you can stand up now. <laughs> uh, a little behind the scenes, we were this close to uh, having the whole thing blow up because uh, of, uh, I don't want to name names, but a cer- certain in- inebriated individual blurting out the plan uh, <laughs> as Dave Lang walked into the room. Oh boy! But Matt, man, Matt Pasquale managed to turn, make it about him. Matt, nice. Okay. Um, smooth. But like, be, just having the having the, I guess, con, like part confidence, part familiarity with that was was cool. So I was I to answer your your how was E three? It was cool. But I come to E three less of to see the games and see what the cool stuff is, and more of to like help put on a good show for us and help make sure our our shit is is primo. Yeah, and I I feel really good about how this year went down with that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think also like that's that's something that you know so many games come out in in beta form and and you know the, like there's so many opportunities to play games before they're released these days. And you know it, it's for better or worse like this, a lot of the bigger games are going to be sequels or things in a similar enough genre yeah. or something that you can kind of look at these trailers or look at these extended gameplay demos. And actually get a pretty good feel for them. Uh, and and so I feel like playing games at E3 has become 
it's still important yes you know because i i i left the uh, like the last appointment i had was for anthem and i left that appointment after having played anthem feeling a lot better about anthem uh than i than i did before so you know it's not to say that there's no value in playing games d3 or anything insane like that but you know there's a lot of things where you look at it and go like okay well i i definitely want to know more about this i don't necessarily need to know more right this second you know uh, like we're not writing preview you know, going like how many levels is gonna you know like we're <laughs> right. not we're not doing that at e3 um so it kind of freezes up to do something a little bit more it, it felt weird because every appointment i ended with like was them saying all right great so we'll send you an email with all the like the, the assets the trailers right. and yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah. i'm just nodding my head saying like great cool cool yeah yes terrific i'll love to get these emails and I don't know, sometimes i'll upload the screenshots to the site to the wiki yeah if i if i have time oh that's good because uh, that. it should have that um but yeah, but yeah like, by that time we already have the trailers and all that other stuff it's it, not, it, it was my first experience like playing these games and being like which which of these games is going to be like next year's like prey right a game that looks really cool right now that i'm gonna touch and be like oh that's kind of cool when it actually comes out right and be like yeah, oh that's exactly. kind of cool and yeah. never touch again but it's, i'm really excited in the moment about right and then who knows it's gonna happen it also just made me want to go back into my back catalog and finish a lot of the games that yeah. i hadn't played so either you had a weird effect on me where i was like sure i'm excited about like a few games coming out of it i'm really excited about but for the most part i just like Look at it as a state of video games totally. sort of thing. I, th- I think that's that's for me the the real value of the show now is being able to do those interviews and then walking around and talking to people. Like just I you know, I, I had multiple conversations with people about uh new consoles and and kind of where that process is at, uh or where that process is likely to be at based on how it has gone in the past and that sort of stuff. And like, oh well, you know, they're probably in R and D right now, they're not disclosing to devs, it's not at that stage yet. And 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 that sort of stuff, uh, which, you know, I'd, who knows if what the case. No no one seemed to really have like firm, hey, here's what's happening with the next PlayStation or the next Xbox or anything like that. Because I, I don't think those details necessarily exist in a communicatable form yet. It's more like, hey, we've got R&D looking at what they can do. And then we'll start to talk. I suspect that's where that stuff is at. Um, but between that and just being able to talk to people uh, just on the couch, I mean, most of the conversations I have are literally fucking broadcast. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not having that many. I'm not having a billion conversations. Well, you especially. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. We have the, uh, us other editors have the opportunity to step aside and right. during the segments, like, chat with Ed Boone or whoever yeah, yeah. in the other room. Uh, whereas, like, I, yeah, I get, like, you know, after a segment, I'll get, like, five or ten minutes <laughs> just to talk to somebody and catch up a little bit uh if you're not running to the bathroom exactly yeah yeah um this year i think (laughs) it's it's another it's a weird logistical like much easier on the food end of things yeah last year there were definitely like segments where i was like standing up and running over and just like forking (laughs) food into my face for the full break because it was the only time i had to eat that entire day i just i don't know like just taking better care of myself throughout it like trying to be better paced and try to be smarter about what we're doing. And I, I think that that stuff worked out. I did really like that Matt Rory got us the same exact dinner three nights in a row. <laughs> it, the problem was fucking solved. Like yeah. dinner is always a problem. It was just, here's this. Like, yeah. yeah. I switched from night one, night one from the chicken salad to the chicken sandwich. Yep. And then night three, I had another chicken sandwich. I, I, I went one, I went, I just sampled all three. It was smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's the it's the weird stuff like that. Um, I will say uh, this year I did get to meet a lot more fans of the site 
and got to chat with them. Cool. Uh, both in and out of the industry. Um, you know, it was really cool hearing like people in the industry, you know, acknowledge our work and, and that's always a trip for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, I, I like going to conventions and stuff like that because, you know, I like meeting our, our premium subscribers, like the people who literally are funding all of this. Yeah. Um, and like hearing their feedback and stuff, it, it's just really cool. Like, cause you know, at one point that was me, uh, and it's really wild being on the other end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh. It's a lot of fun. Like, I, yeah, I, I feel like the public aspect of the show, I felt it in different ways this year than I felt it last year. Like, I felt like the show floor was not as packed as it was last year. You could get around and do stuff. Instead, it was more like, what games are shown? What games are announced? Which games are playable on the show floor? It's felt like they tuned it more in that way. Yeah. In a way that made the show floor, I think, less interesting. Um, I didn't see a three-hour line for Minecraft this year. Yeah, but there, I definitely, I like, I talked to someone, I, I did that spot on the mixer stage, uh, and, and was talking to someone right after that, and I asked him, like, oh, you know, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, well, I don't know, I went over to the GameSpot booth, and they had Fortnite, so I played that, <laughs> and it was like, and I was like, yeah, that, that game's out, you could, <laughs> game's out, <laughs> um, but you know, like, that's, there are still lines for things. I talked to someone else who was like, yeah, I waited in line for three hours to, to see a thing, I'm like, that's, that's still the show, um, I don't know. It'll continue to evolve, you know. Like they they've broken the seal on this public stuff, and that that's just gonna how it's gonna be going forward. I think so. It's it's more a matter of like, what do they do to the show around it uh, to make sure it's kind of meeting all needs? And I think that they can better reconfigure the show floor to be better uh, suited to those people and make sure that they get the the most for their money. I mean, it's yeah. fucking two hundred fifty dollars for a ticket. So yes, of course, the show should be built to cater to those people totally like they're extreme fans of video games if they're paying that amount of money you know the industry should be serving them well uh but at the same time the show has a business reason to exist and so like what's a better way to serve that need to and i think it's like i said the gamescom split of like hey here's this other thing for industry type stuff and then the public show opens and everyone else leaves yeah you know like i think that's probably how it'll go and like anyone and the, the real thing there is like, what does that do to our show? Yeah. If we're trying to book guests for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and suddenly everyone's leaving Tuesday night because the industry portion of the show is completely over, you know, we have to rebuild everything we do. So I spent a lot of time talking to people about that type of stuff too. And just being like, so what do you think of the show? Like, what do you, where do you think it's going to go? What do you think about this? And, and kind of looking at all that stuff and trying to think it through about like, Oh, how would we change our presentation next year? If, if this happened, if this happened, if this happened, right. and we won't know for 11 months or something, but uh, you know, I'm already kind of thinking about that sort of stuff. All right, cool. Uh, I think that's going to do it for questions here. Uh, oh, just, this isn't our song. Not bad though. It's all right. This is okay. I was at a graduation recently. Yeah. And they were playing Pomp and Circumstance over and over. Nice. And I said they should play Vitamin C's Gradua- yeah, graduation definitely. instead. That's I actually was totally gonna say that this song reminds me of that Vitamin C song. And then as the ceremony ended, they totally played Perfect. Vitamin C's graduation. Vitamin C underrated. Totally. Graduation is an okay song, but yeah. not, not her best work. Sure. 
That's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week with more uh, regular show and after show. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. We're, we're gonna figure out these Discord issues, and we'll figure yeah. out the voicemail stuff too. Yeah, that's uh, 707 eight, flu exit, right? Exit flu. Exit flu. I think is what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.